going back to the thermogenic effect of food, protein is the highest nutrient on the uh, rankings of the scale in terms of how many calories you burn per macronutrient. So this is a graph I pulled out from a research study um, and it's breaking down different diets. So like the keto diets in here, um, high carb, low carb, there's a lot of different diets factored in, but I cut it off so we wouldn't um, harp or focus too much on that. Um, but basically what I want you to get out of this is this is a high protein diet right here because you can see protein is the middle one, 40% protein is highest. They're burning, whoever is eating this diet is burning about 325 calories just from the thermogenic effect of eating high protein. Okay, so that's pretty interesting, right? If we know we can eat a certain macronutrient to keep us fuller for longer, and we're burning more calories just to digest and absorb and deal with it, that's a really good benefit, right? Hey guys, this is Sean. This is a seminar that Ellie gave at CrossFit Laminin during the nutrition challenge that we were putting on at the beginning of the year. And um, she talks about how to conserve lean body muscle while losing weight. And it's a topic that a lot of people ask about. So she did a great seminar on it and I hope you guys enjoy. Check it out. And if you have any questions, let us know. Enjoy the show. This is a revolution to fight for truth. Fight for the people who trust us with their health and fight for research-backed action. This is a fight to purge baseless trends and customs in healthcare. This is a revolution to change the steps of healthcare from reactive medicine to preemptive medicine. Our vision is to be a catalyst for a system of proactive healthcare versus reactive healthcare. This is Impetus Health. Um, today, this is a really fun topic. We're going to be talking about in a little microcosm of dieting, can we somehow preserve muscle mass and metabolism? Okay, so that's the question that we're going to be shooting to answer today, okay? And I want to be interactive. This isn't a lecture. So if anyone's confused about anything or has any questions, just stop and ask me. And we'll kind of go. Through. So, um, hey, Laura. Hi. All right, so I'm not a mean person, and I made a meme. <laughs> I'm really impressed, but if you can't see it, just let me know. But um, this is funny because I have said this before myself, and I've had clients to say this too. But um, people will come in and they'll be like, yeah, I want help with nutrition. And all I'm looking for is I just want to be toned and lose weight. And I'm like, okay, this is what I feel like. Because it's so nuanced and there's so many factors that go into play when you try to lose body fat and then get toned, which is essentially build muscle, right? So um, just wanted to start out with that meme. Okay, and then this is the question that we're gonna answer today. So I wanna pull out two things from this question. And then the question is, at what point can we burn the most amount of fat and then protect these two important things, our metabolism and our muscle mass, okay? So I'm gonna pull out metabolism and muscle mass for a second, and we're gonna talk about why they're important and why we wanna protect them, okay? And I wanna set up some context here just so everyone's kind of aware. Um, the context is gonna be in a dieting phase, okay? Because most people that I've met with are telling me I just want to lose my last 10 pounds of COVID weight or um, I want to lose, you know, whatever I gained over quarantine or whatever like that. Or the last 10 pounds I'm trying to lose my whole life, right? So this is in the context of dieting, okay? Um, so the first thing we're going to pull out is metabolism. So for all of our purposes today, we're going to be talking about basal metabolic rate because metabolism is a lot more than just our BMR. But can anyone define BMR? 
Does anyone know kind of what it is? Um, is that what our body like needs to like? If we're just lay in bed and breathe all day, <laughs> that's what right. um, like our body would need to do that to function. One hundred percent. So like if you got so if Amanda got COVID, had to go to the hospital, laid in the hospital bed all day, and a nurse waited on you hand and foot, you didn't even get up to go to the bathroom. They brought your food to you. You laid in the bed. The amount of energy that is required for your life-sustaining functions. So think circulation, oxygenation, and ventilation, and then core body temperature. So that's these three pictures up here. So nothing else, no fidgeting, no um, getting up to get water, just life-sustaining functions. Okay. So why is it important? Why why is it important for to protect our metabolism in the context of a diet? Like why do we care if our metabolism is damaged? Because if the metabolism is damaged, then all those three aspects are going to be damaged as well. Right. That and hey, and we all want to burn the most amount of calories just by being alive, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to protect metabolism and maximize the amount of calories we can burn just by existing. Okay. So that's why we care about it. Okay. And this is incredibly nuanced. Our BMR, it's not just based on our height and weight. It's how much muscle mass we have. It's determined by our training history. So um, how long we've been working out and um, hormones play a huge part in our BMR. So I can't dive into all that today, but just know it's, it's incredibly nuanced, okay? Um, do, who knows the uh, organ that basically regulates metabolism? Does anyone know? Thyroid? Yes. So, um, Judge, you can share if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll like, tell you how you have a part of it removed. Oh, yeah, I only have half thyroid. Right. So, Judge. Oh, Judge. Um, <laughs> so, I just kept telling everyone you're going to get She's my twin. Um, so, yeah, so people who are hypo or hyperthyroid, that's low or high metabolism, right? So, the hormones um, play a huge part in our BMR. Okay, so moving on. Um, we're going to also pull out muscle as a part of the question. Why do we want to protect lean muscle? And many reasons why, but I just want to give y'all an analogy. So we have pink man and blue man up here. If I'm walking, I'm walking. Okay, pink man and blue man. So um, all other factors being equal, we're just going to assume this is a little microcosm of the world. They have the same genetics. They have the same training history. They have the same hormone levels. Everything's the same. They're both 200 pound males, six feet tall, okay? So we have our pink man right here. He has 20% muscle mass, and then our blue man has 50% lean muscle mass. Who's gonna burn more calories? Right, so all, with all other factors being equal, the person with more muscle mass is gonna burn more calories, and we want that, right? Um, and even just from a longevity standpoint, muscle is, protected like we want muscle it helps us keep our independence and we'll talk about that more later this isn't just aesthetics and how many calories can we burn you know um but muscle burns fat we've all heard that right so these two things are very important muscle and metabolism and it is kind of a trick question because um it's very difficult to lose body fat and gain muscle mass or preserve muscle mass at the same time I just want to preface with that. It's not something that's just like you figure it out and then you automatically can do it. Um, but there is a sweet spot. Um, and this graph is kind of just showing at some point, depending on where we start with how much body fat we have, some people may be able to lose just body fat for a while before it cuts into their muscle mass. 
But some people may start where they're losing body fat and muscle mass at the same time. So we're going to talk about kind of where the sweet spot is in terms of not hurting uh, metabolism or muscle mass. Okay, so a lot going on in this slide, but we're going to talk a little bit about um, what you've all probably heard me say, a calorie deficit, right? I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with that. Okay, and if we're talking about in the context of a diet, a diet is a calorie deficit, right? That's the only way we burn fat or muscle. So I've told, I know I've told some of y'all this, I've told Clint, but everything about this equation right here, which we'll talk about, is catabolic. So if you know, does anyone know what catabolic means? Take us through the Is it breaking down? Right, right. I don't know what's breaking down. Just... No, it's breaking down. So like okay. if you have a circle and it's broken down to a little particles or an orange, like you, you know, that's not a good analogy, but you cut it into slices. Um, another question, throw it back to high school chemistry. What is the first law of thermodynamics? Does anyone know? Energy's not created or destroyed. Yes, good job. So energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be stored or transformed into a different state. Okay, the reason that's important is because our bodies are an isolated system. Okay, so I'm gonna use an analogy of, um, let me use my Starbucks cup. So this cup is an isolated system. And if I input 1,000 units of energy into this system and I take out 500, how much is left? 500. 500, right, so I had to remove 500. And then the, in the same way, if I, if I input um, let's say a thousand into my remaining 500, I have 1500 now, right? So in the same way our body's like this cylinder, anything we put in, our body has to handle it. So it's not like that energy just evaporates. It's either going to be burned or it's gonna be stored. And our bodies handle an excess by storing it where primarily, does anyone know? Fat cells. <laughs> Right. Which, is a, which is a good thing, like our bodies are incredibly resilient and they're made in a specific way to do that. It's just in the society we live in where everything is just in abundance, then we can overdo it, right? So um, our body just, I like y'all to know kind of why, the why behind things, but our body's going to store that excess energy primarily in our fat cells, but there's also, um, it can also be stored in the form of glycogen, which I'm sure y'all have heard of before. Um, and that's like your energy reserve in the form of carbohydrates. So that's stored in your liver and then your skeletal muscle. So when you'll hear people say like, you need to replenish your glycogen stores by eating carbs. That's what they're saying. It's, a, it's another storage depot. But once that's full, then we go and we spill over into the fat cells, okay? So, um, let's see. Okay, so everything about this catabolic equation means that we're breaking things down, either fat or muscle. So what we have to do is we have to insert in something anabolic if we want to protect our metabolism and protect our muscle mass, okay? And if you've heard of anabolic steroids, what does that, what do those do? Those build. build up your muscle, right? So anabolic steroids, just like an anabolic stimulus, is gonna help mitigate this equation, okay? So there's two anabolic things that are gonna help us protect the good, the good stuff, our muscle and our metabolism, is protein and resistance training, okay? So the good thing is for most of us, well, most of us work out, most of us in this room are CrossFitters, so we can check off resistance training, right? If you're coming and working out at Landon, if you're doing other stuff, it, it can work great as well too, but 
we're all doing our system strength for the most part. And then protein, this is what I've harped on with most of us, why I want you to eat more protein. You know, I probably like, why do you care so much about protein? It's because it's the anabolic stimulus that's gonna protect the good stuff, okay? So, if you have any questions, please stop me. Um, okay, so we're gonna do just a little crash course on daily energy requirements, just because I like y'all like to know, okay? Um, so I'm gonna take my computer over here for a second. But um, is, is everyone familiar with the term maintenance calories? What, what that means? Okay, so this scale right here, um, when the scale is balanced, that's the same as if you're eating the total amount that you need to not gain or lose weight in a day. So those are your maintenance calories. If you're eating in a surplus more than your body's expending, you're gonna gain weight. If you're eating in a deficit, you're gonna lose weight. So the scale would be tipped in a different direction. Okay, so I can't hold this in mind. So this is the equation that I'm going to explain for a second. TDEE stands for total daily energy expenditure. Okay, so that's the total amount of calories that our body is burning in a 24-hour period. Then we have BMR, which we've talked about, basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories you burn just by existing to keep your uh, life-sustaining functions going. Okay. Then, these other things are the, are the factors that people uh, don't really know about and they also become incredibly individualized, okay? So, for general purposes today, I'm gonna try and explain it as best I can, but um, it's incredibly nuanced and that's where ongoing coaching can be beneficial if it's something you wanna get really specific with. But, um, TEF stands for the thermogenic effect of food, okay? We'll talk about that briefly in like three slides from now. But uh, basically, the different macronutrients that we have, protein, fat, and carbs, they require different varying levels of energy to digest, absorb, and store, okay? So we have protein, fat, and carbs. They're all ranked differently in terms of how many calories your body expends to handle them, right? We'll talk about that in a second. And then we have um, exercise, um, energy expenditure, that's how many calories you burn in formal exercise. So if Lauren comes to a one hour CrossFit class, it's how many calories she burns in that one hour period. And then you could also add in kind of the afterburn effect with high intensity interval training, you're gonna burn more calories after you're done working out. And then we have NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is how many calories you burn like fidgeting around or when Sean's like tapping his toe when he's typing on his computer and it annoys me. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and then like if you get up and you go get water at the office um, or just sitting and standing, like all the stuff that you're doing throughout the day, like your activity level basically, okay? So we're just gonna do a little example problem so that y'all can kind of um, see where, how we factor in how many calories you need. Okay, so BMR, um, you can get this tested in the clinic. I know some of you have done it before, um, but they either do direct or indirect calorimetry where they can either measure body heat or um, the gases, like oxygen and carbon dioxide, and get an estimate of what your basal metabolic rate is. Or not estimate, it's pretty accurate. But for estimation purposes, um, we're gonna take people's body weight in kilograms and multiply it by 20%, which is about, it's the multiplication factor. Um, to estimate how many uh, calories you are going to burn by your height and weight. So we're going to take an 80 kilogram male, I'm sorry, 80 kilogram male and we're going to multiply that by 0.20. Okay? All right, so he's 176 pounds. 
or not, not 20, zero. we're gonna multiply it by 20, okay? And then we come out to get 1,600 calories, this is BMR, okay? Then we factor in the thermogenic effect of food, okay? It depends on the breakdown of his diet and how much protein he's eating in a day, how many calories and how many fat, but typically about 10% of your daily energy requirements are gonna come from the thermogenic effect of food. So we're gonna multiply his BMR by 0.1, okay? So 1,600 calories times 0.1, that gives us 160 calories from the thermogenic effect of food, okay? And then exercise, energy expenditure. The estimate in terms of how many people burn, it totally depends on how long you work out, but we're gonna say for an hour of exercise, the range is about 250 to 500 calories, depending on what you're doing, okay? For all of us, most of us doing CrossFit, we're gonna be on the higher end of that. So we're just gonna say he's, he's a CrossFitter, um, 80 kilogram CrossFitter, so he's gonna burn on the high end, which is 500 calories, okay? 500 calories, and then non-exercise activity thermogenesis, that's about a 250 to 500 calorie range as well. And we're gonna say he's an accountant, he has a sedentary, job so he's pretty much just getting up to get some water um so he's gonna be in the low end of that range which is 250 calories okay so if you add all this up his total energy expenditure in a 24-hour period is 2510 calories okay so that's what he would eat to not gain or lose weight right i'm sorry that that was pretty scientific but um it's just interesting to know and then once he finds that number he can calculate his macronutrients from there, okay? So why do we care about that? Um, there are three principles of fat loss. If I had to pull out the three most important that I could tell y'all if, if your goal is to lose any body fat, which is, I, I think it's totally fine to have a fat loss goal, but I'm not trying to say that that's the only goal that we should have, okay? Um, but if you're trying to lose fat loss, the three most important principles are to go really, really slow. That's going to give you um, a really good chance of not cutting into muscle mass or damaging your metabolism. Okay, so um, it's just hard in a world where we can get like an Amazon package on our doorstep within like 24 hours to not want to go really, really fast and get it immediately. But if we want to do it the right way and we want it to be sustainable, you just have to take a long game approach, okay? Um, and then the second principle is anytime you're dieting, we, un we know the calories in, calories out argument. We know we're gonna have to eat less, but don't decrease calories in the form of protein, okay? That's the anabolic stimulus that we want, right? So take calories away from carbs and fat, but not from protein, okay? And we'll talk a little bit about how much protein really briefly, we're almost done. Um, but the third factor is resistance training. If you read the literature on losing body fat and maintaining muscle mass, all of the controls are in, most most of the controls are in a population here resistance trains and so that's good for us because we do it right um and if you can do it four times a week that's ideal that's kind of like the gold standard um okay so, all right why is high protein effective um many reasons other than just the anabolic factor of protein if you're eating a higher protein diet we know that protein is the most satiating nutrient. So does anyone know what satiating means? Right. So if most diets fail because we're hungry, it's a really great 
solution, eating a high protein diet, if we're gonna stay fuller for longer and we know that hunger is what makes us fail, that's a really good benefit of eating high protein. We also know that protein is what's required to maintain muscle mass. So we're checking that off the list. And then also um, going back to the thermogenic effect of food, protein is the highest nutrient on the uh, rankings of the scale in terms of how many calories you burn per macronutrient. Okay, and we'll talk about that on this next slide. So this is a graph I pulled out from a research study. Um, and it's breaking down different diets. So like the keto diet's in here, um, high carb, low carb. There's a lot of different diets factored in, but I cut it off so we wouldn't um, harp or focus too much on that. Um, but basically what I want you to get out of this is this is a high protein diet right here. Because you can see protein is the middle one, 40% protein is highest. They're burning, whoever is eating this diet is burning about 325 calories just from the thermogenic effect of eating high protein. Okay, so that's pretty interesting, right? If we know we can eat a certain macronutrient to keep us fuller for longer, and we're burning more calories just to digest and absorb and deal with it, that's a really good benefit, right? Um, you probably felt the difference in eating a chicken breast. Let's say you just ate a chicken breast versus a bowl of cereal. Let's say they're both 300 calories. How, much quick, how, how quickly do you get hungry after the cereal in comparison to the chicken breast? As right. soon as I eat the last spoonful. Right, right. And then it, you can factor in blood sugar levels and the spikes and all that that makes us want to crave more food. Um, and we could get into that, but we're not going to. But basically, it's really interesting to see high protein diets burn more calories. So, all right. Um, moving on, I just want to quickly talk about a study um, that I recently came across from a guy named Bill Campbell. He's um, very well researched on those who he is. He's a, he's a researcher at the University of South Florida. He has a PhD. And um, his population that he studies is like us. It's people that aren't bodybuilders, but that want to look good and have a good physique. And so within a maintainable lifestyle, he studies populations that their goal is just to look really good and be healthy. Okay. So that's the context of this study. And it was in, the study was in women, um, but you can find a lot of other research out there uh, as it pertains to men in the same category as well. But basically there's two groups. He took, over the course of eight weeks, he took um, two groups of women. One group, he told them, you're gonna eat high protein. So that's this group over here, which is about 1.1 grams per pound of body weight. Okay, so that's a lot of protein. Like the 125 pound female is eating 140 grams of protein a day, okay? And then he took another group and said, you're gonna eat half of that, okay? You're gonna eat low protein, so you're gonna eat about 70 grams. And some of the, he, he made this study very controlled. So he like told them you're gonna resistance train four times a week, and we're gonna watch all your workouts, make sure you're all doing the exact same workouts, um, same reps, everything like that. So it's pretty controlled. And these are his findings. The findings is that in the high protein group of women, they gain three times more lean muscle mass than the low protein group. And that makes sense, right? But what made it really significant is that they also lost 33% more fat than the high protein group. And it's not taking into account their training history or, you know, all of that stuff, but they made sure that these were just normal people who weren't bodybuilders or anything like that. So 
that's really, really fascinating. And what was really cool about this study is that the high protein group of women were actually eating 425 more calories per day than the low protein group. But the caveat is that those 425 calories were all in the form of protein. Okay, so you might be thinking, okay, well, this flies in the face of the calories in, calories out argument, right? Because if they're eating more than they're consuming, aren't they going to gain weight, right? Um, and that's what made this study so interesting is that with all of those excess calories coming from protein, you have the thermogenic effect of food come in. So they were able to burn more calories even though they were eating more. Okay, so it's really fascinating. Um, all right, so in eating the high protein diet gave them about a 25% increase in calories burned um, from the thermogenic effect of food, which is really interesting. Okay, any questions about that study? Or yes, yes, I have a good question. So sometimes, like when I eat protein, normally along with it comes carbs or fat. It's hard to eat like just egg whites or just right. uh, a lot of protein or like just chicken. So like, how do you kind of eat a high protein diet and make sure you're not adding in a lot more carbs or fat? Yeah, so like you wouldn't typically eat. I don't ever really eat just protein unless it's like a protein shake. You just would make sure you structure your day where all of your meals have around like 20 to 25 grams of protein and your snacks all have protein and then you're drinking like a post-workout protein shake, right? So you just space it out according to how much you need in a day. Um, but if you're ever getting to the point where you have to eat a chicken breast at night, you haven't, after dinner, you haven't spaced it out that okay. usually. So. Yes? I've heard people say before that your body can only um, metabolize so much protein at one time. Yes. Do you think that's... Is that true? No, so like the 30 grams in an hour type thing? Yeah, I yeah. don't know what the grams were, but yeah. Yeah, so um, there have been a lot of studies that actually show that, but then a lot of studies that also I've heard of that say that that's not true. So it's kind of like, it's under question. But if you think about your digestive system as kind of like a slow, like when you eat food, it's a slow drip. So it's not like I eat a chicken breast and it goes straight to my bicep, right? So if you think kind of like, that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> so like your body it takes time to like once you chew and like masticate and your food is like broken down it takes time for the um stomach to like slowly release bits and pieces into your intestine so in all reality you don't absorb it all of a sudden in 30 minutes so if it's gradually happening like a slow drip coffee then that kind of shows it doesn't really matter if you eat, you can probably digest more than 30 grams in an hour if it's slowly releasing, but um, it's kind of under question. So, per, I mean, personally, I think it's better just to try and eat and let your body handle it, how it handles it, eat as much as you can, whenever you can, um, and your body will handle it. So, that's a good question. Um, okay, so just an important note on that study, if those women who had great success, who lost body fat percentage, um, and, uh, and they got stronger. If the women, the high protein group, if they had stepped on a scale, would they have felt that they failed or lost? Right, because they lost body fat percentage, but the scale probably stayed the same or even went up. So it's really important to note that, especially for us during this challenge, like that's why I say take progress pictures, take measurements. If you're a guy or girl and you like to know your waist size or you have a um, some clothes that you want to fit back into. Use those as markers. Use body composition scans, um, like our body fat percentage calculator. You have to step on a scale for me to get that. And 
I mean, weight is important to kind of note, but I, all this to say, the scale's not going to give you an accurate representation of your success. Because um, all of those women would have thought that they did. So, um, take note of how your clothes are fitting and all that. All right, so I just thought this is funny. I'm going to put Sean on the slide. <laughs> but, um, okay, <laughs> he's so official. Welcome to Florence. Go check him out. Um, okay, so how much protein should I be eating? Again, the context of a diet phase, okay? Once you get into maintenance, this is gonna change. This is where it's hard to generalize. You have to talk to a coach specific to you. But in diet phase, the minimum is about 0.75 grams per pound of body weight, okay? So for Sean, he's 200 pounds. Today? I'm 195. Okay. <laughs> 195. She wouldn't break it down to 195 because 200 is easier. Okay, <laughs> um, okay, so the minimum Sean would eat in this diet phase would be 150 grams of protein. Ideally, he would eat about a pound per pound of body, a gram per pound of body weight, or 1.1 is ideal. Okay, so that would put him at 220 grams of protein. That is a lot, and there's a caveat here because if it, if you're no, no one here is obese, but this would not apply in an obese individual, okay? They can't physically eat 300 or four, 400 grams of protein, okay? So this is in someone who is otherwise healthy or might maybe just slightly overweight, okay? Um, but ideally, he would be around the 220 grams of protein, okay? Um, also, I do want to say, people have asked me before, they're like, what about kidney function? You know, because you've heard people who have kidney disease need to, like, restrict their protein intake, and that's true. Um, and obviously, like, 100% always talk to your doctor, um, especially if you have any type of kidney problems. Um, but overwhelmingly, the literature shows in healthy individuals who don't have pre-existing kidney problems, there was no effect or negative effect on kidney damage. Okay, so I just want to throw that out there because people always ask about that. Um, in a high-protein diet, there was no effect in a healthy individual. All right, so last slide, takeaways. Um, I got this picture off of the uh, nutrition, uh, she's a really smart nutritionist in the CrossFit world, she like works for HQ, but basically the best thing you could do from a long-term perspective and an aesthetic perspective is to build lean muscle mass, right? None of us are getting any younger, and we know that a part of aging is atrophy. Our muscles are going to break down as we get older, right? So the best thing we can do is invest in building lean muscle mass. Because in the long term, that's going to keep us out of the nursing home. That's going to keep us walking with our grandkids, with our kids. Um, and staying as far away as we can from sarcopenia, which is the breakdown of our muscle. Okay? So. Um, all right. So we know takeaways. You burn more calories at rest um, and with lean muscle mass. And you're just going to burn more in general, higher BMR. You're going to burn more calories with each workout. Because as you're building muscle, you're going to increase your potential to lift more weights and do better in your workouts, which in turn is gonna make you burn more calories. And then also, um, it just has a big influence in the long term, like I said. So, how do we do this? Show up to your workouts at Lambman and eat protein, okay? <laughs> or show up to your workouts. So, that's it, and there's some references if you wanna see any of the articles I cited, but. Any questions? You're a good job. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Can you go back um, to the slide with Sean? No, don't go back to that slide, no. No. Um, I tried to get fast so I wouldn't end us um, too late, but so I hope that uh, helped. But if you have any questions, let me know. And um, the point of this is really make sure you're 
Like if I've talked to you about eating high protein, this I just wanted to prove to you all why. Okay, so um, yeah, y'all can chill and I guess check before class. Which I